Welcome to Take Another Look with Gerda Felix and Melanie Tadio Malo with a genuine conversation about what's missing from the human connection. Let's join Melanie and Gerda now. Well, hello, hello, hello. My name is Gerda Felix from Take Another Look podcast, and I have with me today as Every time we speak, my co-host, Melanie Tadiuk-Malo. Hi. Hello, Melanie. Hey, and Gerda. Welcome. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks. <laughs> and I wanted to welcome everyone to our podcast today and the conversation that we will be having. What we will talk about today is what makes the conversation uncomfortable. Do you have an idea, Melanie? What would make for you, because I'm pretty sure that we all have one or two, what, what constitute an uncomfortable conversation? You know, it's interesting, Gerda. There's two factors. For me, first of all, if A, I'm not prepared for that conversation. So I'm not saying I go and I study for every conversation. But if it's something that catches you off guard, that you haven't had time to regroup your thought process, that can be uncomfortable because you may be afraid of what you say, because I'm mindful of the impact that my words have on people. So for me, that makes me very uncomfortable if I don't have time to process that conversation ahead of time. Hmm. That's one thing. The other thing that makes me uncomfortable, of course, is when you have to have those hard conversations with people where you may be highlighting things that are not working so well, or maybe driving you crazy, or that just have to change. And it's again, making sure I am careful with the words that I choose of having impact. But sometimes we have to just take a minute, take a deep breath and say what's on our mind. Otherwise it doesn't change. And it sits and it simmers and drives you crazy. <laughs> How yes. much you scared? Huh? It, fe- it festers yes. when we don't say what we need to say. You know, uh, uncomfortable conversation for me, and I know we've talked about this before in one of our other podcast program, what we talked about was unconscious bias. And our biases also make the conversation uncomfortable. So you see, I was working somewhere. <laughs> And I had to call the person to say, you, you need to come to come to renew your, it was for insurance. Um, yes, the will, will, okay. your will. And I read the will because that's what my job was. And I, I was feeling very uncomfortable to ask this person who was previously married and now it was getting married to come and update his will. I was supposed to call this client to let him know. To, <laughs> and in my mind, it was so uncomfortable. I spent at least two days before I finally made the call. But what made it uncomfortable for you, Gerda? Well, you were married before. Well, like what will happen to the other wife? <laughs> so you were, okay. 
what will happen to the other family? Like I felt uncomfortable because you have a family and now you, and it was in my, of course it's in my head. It's my unconscious bias. But for me, it was an uncomfortable conversation to have Mm -hmm. in my head. And when I made the call, the person was so happy to hear from me. Yes, I will come. I will come because, you know, we're getting married in two weeks and I want to get this over with. Like, I, w- I will come. And that was my, one of my biggest lessons because I am, here I am. I'm supposed to be of service, but I'm letting my mind, you know, cloud what I'm supposed to do because of the way that I think. And now we can talk about it. And you laughed, you laughed when I said that. <laughs> And at the time, it was really awkward for you, right? What about you? Did you have? (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. So there has been many times, and recently, so I teach radio broadcasting Mm -hmm. and for individuals with disabilities, and it's a very specific genre. And we always want to make sure we're setting people up for success. And we had so many people apply, and we only have a limited amount of spaces. And, you know, you have to say no to some people for this round. And it's really a hard decision. Yeah. But most people, like we send the email for those who are accepted and then the ones that, you know, plead. And it's a very positive email, uplifting. Unfortunately, you haven't been selected for this room because of the numbers. However, please don't be discouraged. You can apply next time, that sort of thing. Well, I had a parent of a student call me this week. I rate why their child was not selected. How could you do this? <laughs> and I had to make that phone call and have that conversation. And it was, I was, I was okay with the facts, but I still knew that I had impacted this person. Mm. And I had the conversation, you know, and I explained the situation and assured her that, that this individual could apply again for the next session. Mm-hmm. But I gave feedback on mm-hmm. how they could improve their interviewing skills because that's a huge part of the process. Mm-hmm. And if I'm only getting one word answers, maybe not as successful as somebody else mm-hmm. and they were still not satisfied they thought that i should accept the student just because we should serve every person with disability so i asked her a question and i said would you like me to set this your child up for failure i said because i don't personally think at this stage he mm-hmm. will be successful mm-hmm. and oh, well, no, I said, I'm protecting him at this time, but I'm encouraging him to try again. So that was an uncomfortable conversation. There's been so many others, but that one just came to mind because it just happened this week. Wow, that, that is, that's, a beautiful, that's a beautiful example that you just gave because you see to say to that parent, I don't want to set him for failure. <laughs> that were required a different type of language. Now, did you think, did they hear you once you said that? Were they more understanding? Um, I don't think so. Because here's the thing. Unfortunately, some parents are just looking for something for their child to do. It's not about the growth and development. It's just about keeping them busy and so that they can do their own stuff. That's the situation I was faced with this week. But other parents would have been very receptive to that answer. Okay. And thank me for the feedback. But again, every situation is different. So, you know, my favorite question in that experience, what have you learned about yourself? That I have to have these uncomfortable conversations as 
the founder of the charity and that I was comfortable enough to do it. And also, as I mentioned before, I was prepared this time, even despite her reaction, because it's not the first time it's happened. So again, I may think, oh, I'm not prepared for this uncomfortable conversation and then get off guard. But I, I, I chose my words carefully, but at the same time, I didn't hold back. So that was the learning for me that I can do it because I think at the beginning, I said, those are my worst kinds, what I find most uncomfortable. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so many lessons in that. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Any conversation can be uncomfortable mm-hmm. depending on the way you think about it. Absolutely. And trust me, I don't want to take everybody, but I can't. And I saw it, like I mentioned, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're not good enough um, because of a course that I'm providing, because that's not the intention. Mm-hmm. So, Gerda, mm-hmm. do you know, I know we, what what would you think some of the top uncomfortable conversations people have come up with? And I was surprised when I saw this list. Some of them to me are obvious. And again, okay. give me for like, me, yeah, for you. What do you think some of the top ones are? Politics, yeah, money. Mm-hmm. Well, when you have to leave someone, <laughs> separation. Yes. Separate. Yeah. What else? Yeah, I would, I would say those are the top one. That yeah. I would, yeah, I would say. Yeah. What, what did you find? Religion, obviously, sex. So oh, okay. from different conversations. So not just like a parent talking to a child, you know, having that talk about sex, but also having friend-on-friend conversations about sex and intimate partners even talking about sex, what, you, what their desires and needs are. People find that a very uncomfortable conversation. But mm-hmm. the one that I found that was very interesting to me is that obviously anything to do with race and differences will always be uncomfortable for people. So they were saying like if a group of individuals from different races, like you and I having this conversation, they find those uncomfortable because if race comes up, they're going to offend the other. But I'm thinking, isn't that an opportunity for us to learn? I was shocked at that one. So from what I just heard, the base, the basis of why we don't like those conversations is because we don't want to offend the other that person. Was, sorry, those aren't mine. Those, that's what oh, okay. I read. Oh, those what I read. <laughs> sorry, I should have clarified. No, no, those were, com- I was surprised when I was looking at that online. Those are the top ones. For me, uncomfortable conversations definitely would be uh, having a, uh, Yes, I think I remember money would be the biggest one. Uh, Before, I was not a saver at all. And my husband and I had to have a really heart-to-heart conversation because he's a saver. And that was a a very uncomfortable conversation for me because I was definitely in the wrong. Mm -hmm. I was buying coffee. I was eating coke. I was doing all these different things because I was living the dream. So I thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, the dream. Yes, (laughs) Dream is right. But in <laughs> fact, he, he shared with me, you know, we have these goals and ambitions as a couple. And again, I was very much into credit, all that stuff. I think very typical Canadian, right? <laughs> and it, we had, and he really had to sit me down because to me, I'd never had that conversation before other than when I was younger. But 
that was one of the most uncomfortable ones for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, I guess it would be for me too. In a sense, it would be. Because <laughs> although I, I would say it would not be as much as it would have been before. Mm-hmm. Because I think because of the mindset shift that is happening in me, I think that conversation would not be as uncomfortable as it used to be. Because yes, before it would be an uncomfortable conversation. Mm-hmm. I believe that what makes those conversations uncomfortable, it's because first, we don't see things the same way. Yes. Second, we don't know how to approach the other person, right? We don't know how to approach. And third, we usually go in those conversations being afraid of whatever feelings that we don't want the other person to feel. But here's what I know. By being afraid of doing something, because this is what is in the way, we tend to go to not do it at all. Mm -hmm. So if I am afraid of having a conversation about race, there's this big elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to address it. So I will do everything that is possible and I'll go completely the other way. Yeah. And how is that working? No change, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, honestly, I, I, when I saw that one on the list, I was shocked because I guess you and I are just so open. We just talk whatever is out there. But I, I guess people are just so afraid of offending and being politically correct. But that's why we're not seeing change in a mind shift in society if people aren't talking about it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And... <laughs> You know, there's always going to be uncomfortable conversations. And I still believe that we we need to have them. We need to continue to have them. And we need to continue to approach them in a way that is still loving. Yes. You know, I am sure that when I had to leave my sister's place, and I said that because, and I smiled because I still remember. So I moved I was going through a separation and I moved to a place and I said I'm going to be there for a year I'll always remember I went and she said you can take the big room I said no I don't want the big room because I'm only there for a year so I'll take the smaller (laughs) well I stayed close to 10 years oh wow (laughs) and we had to have that talk Mm -hmm. And I remember the way she approached me and I could, I could sense it was a difficult conversation for her, but the way she approached me was so loving that I knew she was going to say something that I needed to receive, but I also knew that it was something that would make me feel uncomfortable. But because I knew that it comes from love, I was able to receive it even more. Mm -hmm. And I think when we are going into conversations that we view as uncomfortable, perhaps the first thing that we need to lead with is love. Definitely. What do you think? I agree, no, 100%. And I know in our last episode that we talked about this, we we mentioned just using I statements. I feel Mm -hmm. 
this, you know, I, I, I'm saying this out of love, whatever to start off, but also not being accused of you doing this. You're still here for 10 years. No, one year only. you're still here. Come on. <laughs> no, it's, it's all about that having a conversation because, and making the other person understand, same with my husband. He's like, it's because I want us to plan for the future and seeing like why he's bringing it. Like he, he didn't need a reason to bring it up. This is just reality. But again, coming from a place of love and saying, you know, we, we have plans, we need to work towards those together. And, you know, saying it from that way, not saying you're not saving. You're not, mm-hmm. no, not mm-hmm. at all. But again, you're right. Love will make the difference and we'll hear instead of shutting down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely a practice because <laughs> I know it's not something I'm good at, especially when I'm hurt. Yeah. When I am hurt, it's hard because it's hard for me to be loving when I believe that you have not been mm-hmm. and you could have been. <laughs> so yes. in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you, you could have been. It's like people telling you, well, you know, if my husband did not send me, bring me, give me a gift on Valentine's Day, well, that would tell me that he doesn't value, mm-hmm. he doesn't value me. Okay. But did you make it? Did you tell him that that was an important thing for you? Because, you know, nowadays we are very different. Mm -hmm. Do I celebrate my birthday? I used to celebrate my birthday every 10 years. Mm -hmm. Every 10 years. (laughs) I just want to say that again. Every 10 years I would celebrate my birthday. The rest, but every birthday, I don't work on my birthday. Mm -hmm. I never, I work one time, but I don't work on my birthday. Why? Because for me, it's a day for me to take the time to reflect, to say thank you, to appreciate and enjoy and see how I'm moving forward. So in that sense, it's important. Does that mean that I don't appreciate when people give me gifts or, or you know, a cake or flowers? I appreciate it because it's so out of the ordinary, but I don't expect it. Yes. And that's it. I think, again, we're all human. We all work in a different mindset and mm-hmm. things, again, we talk about beliefs and the, our, our mindsets and our values, all of them are different and unique. So by open communication and having these conversations, uncomfortable or not, just so we get to know people, like the connection, like you always talk about, Gerda. Yes. Yes. So- and uh- it's, you know, <laughs> when we talk about accents, like today, we were talking before, we talked mm-hmm. about accents. Accents yeah. are another, uh, is another uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. because everybody thinks that the only person has an accent, not them. It's like, you have an accent, Melanie. <laughs> uh, yes, I do, <laughs> for others, for sure. But we right. don't think that, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so again, it's how we view things. Mm-hmm that's what will make us have those conversations, even though for us it might be uncomfortable. But uh, most of the times I feel like those uncomfortable conversations are the most important ones. Yes. So why is it then that people steer away from those uncomfortable conversations? What do you think the three top reasons? Mm. I think it's because we are afraid to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That's something I just, it just came to me. We are afraid to be vulnerable 
we are afraid to ask for something, whatever that thing is, we're afraid to ask. And in a way, we always believe that we can do things on our own, which in fact, <laughs> it's not too true. But we always think that we can do it, we can do it. And for some reason, our ego, and I talk about ego a lot, our ego always makes us believe that I can do it by myself. Mm -hmm. I don't need you. That's ego talk. Yes. Because yes. we know <laughs> to accomplish anything, we need each other. What do you think? Yes, no, definitely. I think, you know, but then for me, again, I'll add the fear of offending. And that's just something I need to get over. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's interesting because I think as human beings, if we stick with the I statements and mm -hmm. the, you know, instead of taking away the you and the accusatory tone, that it should be a, a little bit easier for us to have those conversations, even if we think we may offend. And if we do, we do. But that's not on us. That's on how mm -hmm. the other person is receiving it. So we have to share the ownership, if you know what I mean. So someone mm -hmm. told me asked for help. So mm -hmm. yeah, but absolutely. And I feel if we can overcome these fears, then we'll have more of these conversations. Yes. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking, well, why don't we say that? You know, like, Melanie, I need to talk to you, but I'm afraid yes. to offend you. The vulnerability. So can, can we work together in, in having this conversation and move forward? Why can't we say that? And that would be a beautiful way to start that conversation, wouldn't it? <laughs> but we don't want to put ourselves out there and be vulnerable, like you said. Oh, wow. <laughs> because as you were saying this, well, you know, I'm afraid to offend. Okay, well, well just say it then. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's so true. <laughs> How do we make things bigger in our head than they really are? Well, yes, yes. And that's why children don't have those kind of issues. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see two children work, working, playing together, when you see children playing together, yeah. they can, for one minute, be mad at each other. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. because I used to watch my nieces, and, my niece and my nephew playing together. And, you know, they were playing and everything is good. And then suddenly I hear, I hate you. I'm like, okay, what just happened? <laughs> and so I keep watching. And then not even 30 seconds later, they're back at playing again. And I'm like, how do you go from giggling to hiate you to back to giggling? That's children. Yes. There's no inner thoughts. And no. just in the moment, emotion, you offended or you took my toy or whatever. And then exactly. Resolution. Oh, yeah. To be a child again would be lovely. <laughs> <I know. laughs> No, but us adults, we think so many different things mm -hmm. and we don't voice them. That's what it is. Yes. We don't voice them where we think them and then we keep it in our mind and we keep it locked and we start making a story about it. That's the other thing. We, yeah. we, we make stories, we make up stories. And mm -hmm. then from that story, that's when we are viewing the way we view the other person which in fact has nothing to do with that other person. Yes, very true. And that unconscious bias all of a sudden comes in. Maybe it's our own situation that we're yes. uh, projecting on the situation. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I like that. I like, 
you know, today somebody said, we're having this conversation about breaking the bias. And then I can believe it's 2022 and we're still having this conversation. Mm. I don't know if this conversation will never stop. I don't think it, it will ever stop. Do you think it will stop? No, it, it can't, Gerda, because times evolve, people evolve, situations change. Mm -hmm. This conversation, until people fully accept and are open to hearing and listening to one another, we will always have bias, always. Hmm. And I believe that they need to learn more about themselves first. Mm -hmm. The more you accept, and this is the thing I had to come to understand, to, to understand fully, the more I accept myself unconditionally, without any judgment, without any I should, without any blame, any you know shame, any of that, the more I accept myself fully, the more I am able to give grace to another person and accept them fully as well. So powerful. And you know what, Gerda? Uh, you know, I know that this is a process, this is a journey, but I hope one day I will be there because, you know, it, accepting parts of ourselves is much easier than every aspect because there's always those little areas that you're always critical of yourself. And, but you need to be, you're right, in order to be able to fully accept somebody else the way they are, you need to accept yourself first. Mm -hmm. So true. Mm -hmm. So much of the saying is, before you can love another person and fully give yourself to them, you need to love yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I think this year it's, I'm learning this to another degree on another level because, you know, I always thought that I was fine. I don't, when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't think anything negative about myself. So mm -hmm. because of that, I thought, you know, I have accepted myself <laughs> fully until I realized well, how did you do? How do you do that when you are making yourself small in order to fit into other people's boxes? Uh -huh. How are you accepting? <laughs> that was a question that came for me. It's like, okay, well, you. How do you accept yourself fully if you are not even aware of what you can do and how you do it? So how do you have that uncomfortable conversation with yourself, Garrett? Because let's face it, it's not just with another person. It's with ourselves we have these conversations. <laughs> you know, it's funny because with myself, I view them, when I hear those questions, I view them as revelations. Mm -hmm. And because for me, I consider them revelations, I say, oh, okay. So the Holy Spirit is having, is telling me this. What do I need to look at? What, what is it that I have not even, I have not seen, I have not understood? What is it? And where do I need to focus for me to understand what is happening? I feel like this is, in a way for me, this is easier to have that conversation with myself because, you know, I, I can say, hmm, that wasn't really too bright, was it? But <laughs> <laughs> if it's revelation, it's <laughs> I love it. I like that. That's good. I'm going to try that. <laughs> it's a moment. Yes. You know, but I can do that to myself. I wouldn't do that to someone else. Yes. But then I can do that to myself and be okay and, and move on. 
not yeah. not think oh my gosh oh well, i shouldn't have done this oh poor me poor me and start crying no it's like yeah. yeah that really wasn't the brightest thing that you've done and then oh okay well now i know better i move move forward what about you <laughs> yeah it's acknowledging that what you just said you're acknowledging what is real and not fake because you know what they say fear is the the uh fake hey, hold on hold on was it fake uh, fear oh my gosh feeling oh i can't no it's not gonna <laughs> okay. not gonna but basically when you face with something that to yep. you you perceive in one way but the reality is it's not yeah. you have to acknowledge it and then you need to move forward but until you acknowledge that this is situation, like you said you're, you're making yourself small for me it like could easily be that you're know, okay so i know that i need to be more active mm -hmm. so okay i acknowledge that i need to do one but if i just sit around and do nothing and not acknowledge it at all i won't move forward so once i acknowledged it okay this is what i'm going to do to do that and then i take action Without acknowledging it, I don't take action. It just mm -hmm. is and it stays. <laughs> so, and it's a yes. process because it, it's continuous. You have to do that self-reflection over and over again mm -hmm. because we get comfortable mm -hmm. and yes. we stay with where we are and yes. then the growth doesn't happen. Well, <laughs> that, that's for sure. And then we'll be back to it again. Yes. Because, you know, the scale is not moving or it's going up. If I know I'm supposed to be moving and I'm not, if I know I'm supposed to, you know, to eat better and and I I, I know I know what I'm supposed to to be doing, but I'm not doing it. Well, when I go on the scale, it's that's going to be my truth. Yeah, very true. <laughs> exactly. And I remember what fear fake evidence appearing real. There you go. Oh, that's what. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry, just I knew it would come to me after that moment, but okay. yeah. And the thing is, we just tell ourselves one story, as you mentioned, and the reality might be totally different. Mm -hmm. And many times, mm -hmm. many times, you know, I used to have a fear. So I used to have a fear of not having any children and it, and I, and I put an age because you know how we give ourselves deadline. Yes. You know, by yes. 30, I need, mm -hmm. I need to have a child by 30. Mm -hmm. And then we, we make up stories. Yes. And then 30 came and I thought, oh, okay. Well, the way I was thinking about it, that's not the way, I don't even feel what I used to think. So mm -hmm. I put all those pressures, all those pressure, this pressure on me. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, okay. Because what, what I forgot is that there's always going to be an unfolding. Yes. Always. And the unfolding can happen in the situation or it could happen in my mindset. Mm. But there's always one. Yes, for sure. Any last words? You know what? Uncomfortable conversations are uncomfortable. <laughs> but in order to get over that uncomfortableness, we need to continue having them. And that just takes practice and courage for us to face things head on without overthinking it you yes and you know step by step you know as my favorite actor says <laughs> fall seven times get up eight so step by step 
the first step, you do, you're good. And then let's say you fall, then you get up again and then you make another step. And then it's like, it's like a child learning to walk. Yeah. The only difference is the child learning to walk has people that says, yes, you can, you can do it. Come to mama, come to papa, yeah. And everybody's clapping for you, right? Yes, <laughs> Even if you fall, it doesn't matter. You know, they're there to clap you on. As an adult, Mm, well, you better make sure that you have those people in your life. Mm -hmm. That's important too. Similar to our last episode was surrounding yourself with people to help uplift you and yes. take it to that next level for sure. Yes. Gerda, yes. where can people find us? <laughs> take another look podcast.com. <laughs> yes. We've got a blog. Our previous episodes are there. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, here on YouTube. on YouTube. So definitely, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like and share. We're trying to grow. As well, you'll notice we're having some of our previous episodes uploaded here on YouTube. So we will continue that until they're all up and current. And stay tuned for more to come. Yes. And if you have any subjects that we would like, you would like us to talk about, please let us know. Because we like to talk about uncomfortable conversations and we wish that you will join the conversation as yes. well. Contact at takeanotherlookpodcast.com is our email. So reach out there on Facebook, here on YouTube and reach out. And if you'd like to be interviewed and have an uncomfortable conversation with us, we'd love that too. So just let us know. Yes. And so... It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure being, having this conversation with you, Melanie. As always, Gerda, it's always a blast. Have a great day, everyone. See you next time. Bye for now.